When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is December 18th, 2019, the Wednesday Night Wars, the last Wednesday Night War of 2019, because AEW is off next week. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar, and the weather outside is frightful, but the wrestling, so delightful. Tonight, AEW Dynamite, NXT, big NXT tonight. Uh, You look like you're inside of a snow globe. Ooh, perhaps I am. Perhaps it's like like uh, the ending to Saint Elsewhere, and I'm just all a figment of a young boy's imagination. Sounds about right. It does indeed. <laughs> Tonight, me and Justin, the two of us, together at last. <laughs> not what we thought, but it is what it is. Oh, check out Matt Morgan's Instagram. Check out his, uh, his uh, Twitter. See where Matt is tonight. Raj is on a well-earned vacation. But they're here in spirit because I think tonight is one of the most exciting Wednesday nights that we've had in a while, specifically as far as NXT is concerned. We, spoiler alert, have a new NXT Women's Champion tonight. It finally happened, and I want to discuss it all in detail this evening. Uh, Dynamite, kind of a different show tonight. Good showcase for Jungle Boy. Um, Bold move. I thought going off the air with the Dark Order, no dynamite next week. So we go off the air with that image of Evil Uno after like shoving his hand inside one of the Young Bucks' bloody mouth. Um, I think both shows took some big swings. They didn't phone it in tonight, but I feel like with the two championship matches on NXT and the new NXT Women's Championship, I feel like we have to talk about NXT first. They. In my opinion, do you agree, Justin? They had the better show tonight, just on the strength of that main event alone. Yeah, I mean, I I would say AEW had the better first hour as a whole, but yeah, in terms of how who finished stronger, I thought NXT had the better main event, had the better finish, had the better story going on. Uh, yeah, so I mean, let's, let's let's do them first. So NXT two title matches tonight. They started off giving us Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the NXT championship um as we were talking about off the air it seemed like bookending them maybe telegraphed a little bit that one was going to be a retention the other one was going to be a change of hands yeah i mean i, I kind of figure between these between the women's you know world title match and then between uh the, you know, this match i kind of thought you know whichever one they put last uh that the, the one that goes last will probably definitely have a title change um, maybe both have title changes, but I, I really thought, you know, when um, when we saw the outcome of this match, I was like, you know, this 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 should be Rhea's night. Um, which even me thinking that, trying to be smart, that did not take away from the joy of what we got in the main event. But yeah, this opening—I mean, this opening was, uh, you know, it was it was entertaining. I mean, you're not going to put these two guys in a match and not get entertained. But they, they, you know, Adam Cole and Finn Balor—they they can't they can't screw this up uh, essentially. You know, so it was it was solid for what it was. Um, you know, good opening twenty minutes, and uh, and I was even fine with the finish. I know you had some some complaint about it, but I'm I'm okay with it. So here's the thing: Johnny Gargano is showing up. So first off, great match. Both guys look strong. It could have gone either way. 
there were so many false finishes in this match. Um, I mean, this this was a takeover main event caliber sure. match. Sure. I thought that Gargano showing up and not attacking Finn, just him showing up at the top of the ramp and Finn looking like, oh, what? Oh, my God. And Adam Cole rolling him up out of nowhere when Finn had the victory in the bag, I thought was very unbelievable. That sort of distraction and this was a very subtle distraction. This wasn't like, oh my God, it's The Undertaker. Oh, the music hits. It's some big thing. This was this was just a dude in a black t-shirt walking out and being like, what's up, Finn? And well, Finn should have been like, good to see you, Johnny. I'm about to beat Adam Cole for the championship. Hold on a second. But the dude in the black t-shirt we haven't seen in some weeks. So, I mean, they're, you know, and, and, and Finn had some, you know, Finn was a, is part of Gargano being off or being out. Um, also, I mean, you know, Cole then low blowed Finn, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't just a schoolboy. He, 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 he nut shot at him. So, I mean, that's going to put any man down for three seconds in theory here. So, I mean, I, I'm okay with it. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with it. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a way to get – I thought it was a way to – obviously, they want to keep the title on Adam Cole, so they accomplished that. I, you know, I don't think Finn looks uh, – you know, Finn, who had some very questionable uh, 50-50 booking on Raw and SmackDown – this I don't think this was a, a huge loss to him. You know, I think that you know again, it's kind of justified that he's distracted and he gets nutshotted. Kind of gets a little bit of what should be coming at him because Finn's been you know dastardly in, in the in the past week. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it, it it gave enough resolution, but then of course it lays much more to desire for twenty twenty. Uh, do you think the demon is immune to nutshots? <laughs> like I think you nutshot the demon and you hurt your hand. Right, exactly. It's uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like Maid Marian and Robin Hood men in tights. Uh, the, the chastity belt. <laughs> Glad you got um, that. It's oh, men, men in tights has not aged well. By the way, as a kid, I thought that movie was hilarious, and I tried rewatching it a few years ago. It is not funny. What? When's the last no. time you watched Men in Tights? Like a month ago. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I What's going it. on in the bar household? That you're just like, honey, put on Robin Hood men in no, tights. No, I, I own a lot of Mel Brooks. I think Spaceballs holds up really well. They just had an interview with him the other day, Mel Brooks, about uh, on CBS Sunday morning. They asked, uh, could you make Blazing Saddles today? Oh, God, no. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I am waiting to see when they pull the demon out because the whole demon versus the whole demon Finn Balor um, dichotomy was something I think that really hurt him on, <laughs> on Raw and SmackDown. Which was like the demon was so cool, it made Finn Balor just another eh guy. Uh, and, and I'm glad to see, kind of veering off onto SmackDown storylines, I'm glad to see that they gave Bray Wyatt some texture when he's not being the fiend. Yes. Whole other story. I know you guys already re- reviewed it, so whatever. But. Although I'm calling for it, Justin, you got ties. We need Bray to enter to the Muscle Man dance song and wrestle as the Muscle Man <laughs> on an upcoming pay per view. Who you know if he wasn't if if he wasn't champion if the champion if the championship did not reside in the Firefly Funhouse, I would not put him put it past him that he does like a three phases of Foley for the Rumble and he get like Ray Wyatt, the Fiend, and the Muscle Man, and you know, right? Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Um, so yeah, I really like this match. Just even with the nut shot, the distraction. I don't know. I mean, I get why they did it. I think undisputed era. How do you how do you take the title off Adam Cole at this point? Do you have implosion from within? Do you have undisputed era all lose the gold in one night and then they turn on each other? How do you transition the titles off? Uh, that, that's a good question. You know, I, 
I don't know about the implosion right off the bat because I mean, let's be honest. You know, we've, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm saying all three of us when, when Matt's here, we've all been a little, we've all been a little critical of uh, of the undisputed era from the sense of like, okay, like, do we buy them as a unit? I don't think I don't think any of us have questioned Adam Cole. Adam Cole's a star. It's kind of like, all right, do the other three do we buy them? Um, whenever they implode, whenever the breakup happens, I think we can all agree. Adam Cole will probably become the babyface, right? I mean, he's just, he has that, he could be that, and I know it's one of his favorite guys. He could be a Shawn Michaels. He could be that charismatic babyface of Shawn Michaels. Looks like he could be Shawn Michaels' illegitimate son. <laughs> right. So, um, so I don't know if the implosion, if that's, I, I don't know, depending on how they go about that. I, I think eventually the answer to your question, I think whenever Adam Cole is going to drop the title, it's going to have to be in a very, it's either like the over like Rover babyface, whether it's a, a Velveteen Dream when healthy or somebody else who I'm not thinking of. It's either going to be somebody, it's got either going to be that or it has to be Adam Cole and just, we've kind of seen it already, and one of the most, oh my God, knockdown drag out. You just respect the guy. And I think the audience already respects him. I think they like to boom sure. when it's time to, but they love doing the whole boom and baby thing. So, you know, I, I think it's inevitable. I, I don't know if it's implosion. I don't know. I, I, I think I could, I could even see it being Adam Cole starting to, show some baby face signs, being a little respectful of his opponent, what have you. And then his, his, um, his henchmen start to question, is he going soft? I think that would kind of be the way to go with it. Uh, Alberto Tejada is asking, is this live live? Yes, it is. And since it is just Justin and I tonight, keep those questions coming. Keep your comments in the chat. We'll put them on screen, read them out loud. You, the audience will rotate being like the third host tonight. There we go. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. Fun, fun. Um, I love, let's get some good questions. Make them fun. <laughs> well, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, like Survey Cyanide is saying Adam Cole is too small. He's the Marco of WWE. I, I know. I, I've 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 stood next to Adam Cole. Had him in studio. Did a pre-show with him for Mania. He's he's my height. He's six foot. Uh, Mar- he's not Marco. Stunt is like five four. Um, Adam Marco Cole is very young looking. Yeah, um, Adam Cole. Adam's not as big as. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, he's not as uh, he's not he's not as tall as Velveteen Dream. He's not as uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's not he's not the biggest, obviously, but he's much like Sean. He, he's six foot. He's more of a slender build compared to maybe some of his peers, but he I think he more than makes up for that with his the charisma that he exudes. Well, Mark Forbes is predicting Champa will get Goldie back. Do you think they go back to Adam Cole and, versus Champa? And Champa's and Champa's shorter than than Cole, by the way. Hmm. Um. Maybe. This seems like there's a lot of unfinished business they can go with. With Ciampa being back, now Gargano coming back. Like I said, Velveteen Dreams on the shelf, supposedly coming back on Road to Mania time period. There's a lot of ways they can go with things here, which is going to be interesting. And then again, when we get to Mania, it's probably not going to be the traditional NXT takeover. NXT's probably going to have their NXT title match, I would think, and I intend to ask Triple H this on our next call. You think they're going to have the NXT world title match at WrestleMania itself on the Sunday. So I saw... Uh, some other people in wrestling media say now, like a scoop, what you've been saying for months yeah. about NXT having representation, WrestleMania, and on WWE pay per views going forward. It's funny uh, how it works. Funny, you know, you should really have WWE Insider in your bio, Justin. Um, <laughs> no. Tony XVX is saying Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly is the star of Undisputed, not Cole. Yeah. I'll hold that belief to the grave. What? Kyle O'Reilly defending the North American Championship. Next week, did they tape that? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Roderick Strong, pardon me. Uh, 
see now I get them confused. This is the problem with Undisputed Era. I know who Adam Cole is. There are other three of them. I kid you not. Could you match them up if I put up like like a pictogram, like their names and their photos? Could you figure out who's who? Oh, well, I mean, I could. I I worked with Bobby. I I, I not. I, I I knew Bobby Fish prior to you know. I worked on some shows with him. So I mean, I could. But I totally get what you're saying. They kind of like. You know, Adam Cole, again, he exudes charisma. You know who Adam Cole, baby, is. The other guys at times can kind of – it's kind of not as bad, but it's a little bit of the syndrome that the other four horsewomen of the MMA side have. You know who Ronda is. You know who Shayna is. But then you start to like, who are the other two? And, I, and I'm sorry, Jessica, and I'm sorry, Marina, that, Marina that I couldn't – there you go. But I mean that, that is the truth though. When when you're when you're when you're asking the casual a more ca- a more casual viewer that 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 is the reality. It's like the band U two. We all know Bono and the Edge, but can you name the other two members? No, I think one of them's Adam and one of them's Larry. Not as cool as Bono and the Edge. Fair enough. It's an exercise in branding. Um, yeah. So this opening match tonight was great, even with uh, Cole. Retaining after that, Gargano walked slowly down the ramp. Balor was in the ring. Gargano brings a steel chair into the ring. His fans chant Johnny Wrestling. Balor looks up for the mat. Gargano stares him down, chair in hand, and then starts unloading chair shots, beating Balor out of the ring. Balor uh, retreats to the crowd. They had the spot. Um, now, think about it. It was in this match at the beginning with the throwing into the barricade. Like, they hit some fans with that. Uh, I don't know if those are fans or if those are plants. Because you think they it was were... plants? Well, only because later. I mean, usually that's who, that's where they put plants if it's going to be there. Is that hard camera side? And uh, we're getting yeah. corrected here. So not only am I confusing uh, O'Reilly and Fish, Jessamine Duke. Yeah, that was on me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and well, then later it looked like it looked like later, even like minutes after the, the barricade spot, the people, the fans underneath the barricade were still selling. I think I think they were plants. Interesting. How that's does that, that work exactly? What is the life of a wrestling plant? Uh, how much do well, some were... grannies get paid? Well, first off, I mean, the pl- when I say plants, they were probably like uh, either, either independent wrestlers, which mm. happens, or, or it's people that are just, just starting training at the performance center who nobody knows, so you can just put them in plain clothes and let them pass them off as fans. Um, you know, when you're an independent wrestler and you get to be like one of the enhancement talent to like get buried by like, well, not buried, but, you know, but get in a squash match against Rowan, or uh, whenever you get that, I mean, it's a good payday. And then oftentimes, I know this from, from, from people with experience. So John Cohn, the referee, NWB, John Cohn books all the indie, or the, all the, um, the, the extras is what they call them. So the independent mm-hmm. wrestlers. John Cohn is the one who handles the booking of that. That's why if you actually watch all the squash matches, John Cohn more often than not is the referee. Um, it's kind of nice. If you're, if you're an indie talent, if you're, if you're there, if you're a trained worker, and uh, if they're, maybe if they're practicing a spot, uh, like maybe if they're going to do a spot and they're practicing it prior, like maybe like a big tables spot or something, and they don't want to do it to the actual person who's going to get it done on TV. If, if, if you end up getting guinea pig, you get extra pay. You get like an extra, like, you know, 500 bucks or an extra thousand bucks sent to you. So, I mean, you know, for these indie talents that get squashed by Eric Rowan or the Viking Raiders or whatever, I mean, it's, it's arguably probably some of the best paydays they've gotten up to this sure. point in their career. So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, you apply to be an extra, at whatever city they're coming to, you show up, and sometimes you're not used at all. Sometimes you're putting on your tights and getting out there and getting squashed. Sometimes you're being dressed as a paramedic. What have the case? But it's it's always a good, it's always a, a decent payday just to be there. But we need to bring the stunt grannies back. 
<laughs> uh, Prince Balor tonight. That was new. Prince Balor? Yeah, they're referring to him as Prince Balor. Their graphics yeah. and there's a new shirt up in WWE shop. That is. Because, um, I mean, obviously it's a take on his previous uh, previous names part of WWE. Yeah, I mean, I, I, why not? I mean, they, they're kind of leaning into him. They're kind of, I mean, him on NXT, anybody on NXT kind of leans into their independent or prior to WWE lives. So not a bad thing. Mike T asking, any update on the Velveteen Dream? Last I heard, I asked somebody about it a few weeks ago. Last I heard, uh, should be back in the ring before or by Mania Week. I think his return is going to just be, it's going to blow the roof off the place. I agree. Right. Hey, you know, look, I mean, John Cena was quoted on that Comic-Con. I forget which one it was. It was in San Diego, which which one it was. But I mean, you know, John Cena was once asked, like, give us future stars, give us a star, give us a dream match. I mean, and when he explicitly named Velveteen Dream, and that, that what else do you need? You know, you can see with your own eyes, but when, when the guy who's, when the John Cena, I mean, what else do you need to know? The Velveteen Dream has got a whole lot of it factor. When the star of Blockers sees talent in you, you know you're you destined for great things. Exactly. Did you see Blockers? Um, yes, I did. That was okay. The the fire the firefighter one though, I thought looked pretty bad. Oh, the one with him as a yeah. I didn't yeah. watch that one. Um, yeah, block. I mean, Blockers. It is what it is. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty vulgar. But I guess it's funny to see John Cena in those situations. Absolutely. Uh, we went from this opening match to Damian Priest versus Killian Dane. I feel like they've leaned on this too much, and I don't know what number of time this is that the two have faced one another or interacted with another one another, but I feel like I've been seeing this for the better part of my 43rd year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't kept score. I'm not sure how many this has been. I'm a big Priest fan, big Damian Priest fan, so... Uh, I'm glad he got. I'm glad he went over here. Um, I think this this is another guy. He's just got you know. I I, I thought he had it as as as, uh, as punishment. Martinez, you know, he's just he's got size. He's got he's got a he's got an exotic kind of look to him. He's I mean, he's he's Puerto Rican, but he, I mean he's got an exotic look from like the, the 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 ring jacket to a little bit of the goth. I mean, I know the Undertaker's a big big inspiration of his. I think he's just got something here. Um, He's athletic as all hell for being his size. He's, he's one of those new new era guys that's six seven six eight that can move the way he does. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. So um, yeah, but I'm fine with this. I like I like it. You know, it's kind of straight to the point, kind of a different pace to what the opening match was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all good for this. Damian Priest getting a win. How do you think he fares on the main roster? Will this be another Alistair Black situation? Well, again, I, 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 again, if you're asking how he does, how he does on Raw SmackDown, it might be a while till he's ever there. Because again, I look at it as they're all equal. He could be on NXT for the next couple of years. I mean, if NXT's if you can get a WrestleMania payday in NXT, then NXT's a main roster. He might be on NXT for the next two three years, and that's fine. Um, if he goes to Raw or SmackDown, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is different creative uh, structures and people, and you know, different priorities and rules. I guess you could say it. Uh, it's hard to say, but. I don't really want to look at it, look at it like that because, again, if if we're if if they're on equal television, if they're on weekly cable, which they are, and if they're going to have mania matches, which they, they might, um, then I don't really look at the distinction anymore as I, as I argue with Raj. So I, I think I don't really I don't really know how to answer that. I think he's I think hmm. I'm more worried about seeing him become NXT champion because that's where the brand he's on. Uh, Killer Styles is saying Killian Dane has become the Eric Rowan of NXT. 
What's an Eric Rowan's cage, by the way? What do you think at this point? I mean, anything's going to be a disappointment, right? Like there was nothing that could be in there that would be cool. Yeah, they've kind of built it up to the point of like, yeah, what, 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 what mind trip could they come up with? That's like, oh wow, I didn't see that coming. It's like, uh, it's like Pulp Fiction. If you found out now what was in the briefcase, you would just be like, oh, (laughs) like nothing's going to satisfy you. Yeah, I mean, they really have kind of built it up to where it's like, I mean, if it's if it's anything conventional. Like like a rat or something that you think that maybe he's hiding in a cage is like okay that's dumb, you know. If it's anything like like a rubber hand or something stupid like that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't think of what what's a win for for that story. Like, what's the payoff? Unless it's like a Jake the Snake situation and it's like a rabid hamster that he's going to sick on his opponents. Uh, yeah. If but they wouldn't, there's no way they would do that in this day and age. I mean, look at the shit AEW got for having animals near the ring. There is no way something like Jake the Snake and having an a live animal attack your opponent would fly in the ring these days. Oh yeah, I can't imagine 2019 the cobra <laughs> attaching himself to Randy Savage. <laughs> Pay to see it, but yeah. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Kushida. Uh, I'll be honest, I did not see much of this. I was. This was tough too. This is when I feel this is where NXT is falling into a lull where they've put these guys in storylines. Um, and that's what I mean by this. Uh, you know, whether it's their first time facing each other when they have been, when their feud has been central to a story or they've been in each other's orbit, I think to the casual viewer, it feels like a repeat. Um, and if you're not really invested in what's going on, like I still don't know what's the deal with Grimes and Kushida but, you know, I know because uh, she was out. He came back. Like, this is the stuff where I, I zone out a little bit in NXT. Didn't, didn't did Grimes attack Kushida at his entrance? Or did Grimes, no, Grimes attacked whoever Kushida's opponent was going to be like a week or two ago, right? Yeah. And like, got like an impromptu match with him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of answering the question. I'm, there's not much like, I don't have much substance or maybe or maybe we're just not following along well enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This this one just didn't really. I, I saw it on. I I opted to watch the other channel, and yeah. although I have to say, like this kind of feels to me, um, like somebody in NXT said, you know, uh, if this is what people like about the AEW, this kind of looks on the surface and feels like an AEW style match. Let's put this out there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think this was opposite of Jericho's match. Yeah, that so, which might have been sacrificial in and of itself. Right. I mean, not that not that um, Triple H and NXT know what AEW's rundown is going to be, but I mean, yeah, it just that's what it was. I, I saw what was going on at the channel, and I was like, "There's nothing that's going to happen in this match between Cameron Crimes and Kushida that I'm going to need to see now over what's going to happen over here." So yeah, Cameron Grimes won. Yay! Yes. So. We got Io Shirai versus Santana Garrett. Io Shirai picking up a pretty easy victory here. This was this was a good match. It was, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Shirai fan, and uh, uh, Santana. She's been working for a while in the wrestling business, and uh, you know, good to see her. I, I don't know what to. Good to see her in NXT, getting opportunity, or at least be there and eventually get opportunity. Uh, what what comes of her will, will you know, remains to be seen. But yeah, I'm a big Shirai fan. Do you think she's the the first challenger to face Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Title? Mm, that's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. And I, I just because and this, I guess it's a good problem to have. The depth is is so great with the NXT women that I and then I kind of blur even who's face and who's heel. Like you know, Mia Yim is on a roll. I mean, like there's just so much that I'd have to wait and see and and see. It's hard to figure out who's next for, and that's a good problem because again, there's like there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of cases to be made of you could go this route, you can go this route. Uh, so I don't know who it would be next. And Rhea went from anti-hero to such a baby face with that win tonight, with that celebration, with her uh, facial expressions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the crowd loves her. The camera loves her. Uh, she's unstoppable at this point. Um, I am assuming maybe we get a rematch with Shayna at TakeOver. Although, I mean, What's again. That, what, what, when, when is the next TakeOver? February. February. I mean, now, do you think Shayna is Raw or SmackDown bound? The rumors, people speculating, it's gonna be Shayna versus Becky at Mania. But again, I don't know. I don't. I, I based upon the report that Vince was not happy with the the women in the main event of Survivor Series, which Shayna was in. I, I don't. I don't know. And again, Glenn, I'm not trying to like pick up, but like, no, no, you, I understand. You're, what you're, still, saying. you're still in this. Like, I don't think it means if you lose a title in NXT, you have to then the old call-up. I, I mean, she could lose and she could just stay in NXT. I, I don't think it means she's got to go to Raw or SmackDown. I think she's um, such formidable competition. Becky needs a one-on-one opponent to have a feud with, and they can't go back to Charlotte. I well, they, got, they have Oscar right now. Yeah, and they're building that up. So Maybe that beyond that. Who knows? Man, and, it's and, I do, and I do think in 2020, you're gonna, you are going to get a women's-only show weekly on the network. And I, I think it's, it, it's, it's inevitable it's going to happen. And that will allow you to have more women's stories going on that don't just have to revolve around the world titles on the three brands. I'm all in for that. Now, do you think, though, I mean, let's look at the the precedents. How many, there have been a few people that have lost their NXT title, and then they got the the rematch before they left the brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, But usually, if you're at the top male, female, or tag team, usually dropping the title is the start of the process of leaving. And she did win the match uh, against Bailey. Yeah. Usually. And again, if you know, I mean, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Actually, I don't think we are talking about it later, but I mean, one of the news items today was Stephanie uh, said in an interview, like she did kind of confirm Ronda Rousey's coming back to WWE action soon. Didn't say when. So why would all... they confirm that? Why would they do that? Well, I mean, it, it wasn't like they put out a thing on WWE.com and said Ronda's coming. I mean, it was just, it's I mean, that, that's not really a surprise. We all know Ronda eventually was going to pop back up, and Stephanie just said, like, yeah, Ronda's still working with us. She's going to pop, pop, pop back up, just wouldn't give the exact instance, which, of course, she's not. So what I'm saying is there's always, again, there's always link. There's always the link of, like, fantasy booking of, like, Ronda having, again, her posse. So, I mean, Shayna could go that route. I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, Shayna's, Shayna's not the quote-unquote – I mean, Rhea Ripley – Rhea's – I think 22, 23. Shane is like three. Shane is like 38, 39. I mean, so it's not like Shane is like the future that they're investing in for the next 10 years. Um, so what I'm saying is, and I have, this might be the height that Shane gets to, you know, in terms of, or in terms of, I mean, she had a hell of a title run, mind you. So that might be the height of her title run in, in career. And then it might be, you know, maybe she works with, you know, Rhonda in, in terms of a, a gang type of situation where Ronda's group versus another group versus another group. Um, Don't call her a player coach though, or you're going to get hit with a chair. Um, Keith Hellebrand in the chat saying the pop when Rhea won tonight was crazy loud in person. Um, I mean, what a moment 
for full sale to get this well i mean title changes at full oh. sale for the main championship are very rare yeah i mean are, is that, are we at that match we're we just gonna do that match now or no we... no no we're gonna, we're gonna okay. I mean, but well, i feel like it's looming over tonight i mean there was such a big story i feel like this could just talk about rhea ripley we could talk about rhea ripley for two hours i feel uh, like. i'll wait till we get to the match i don't want okay travis banks versus pete dunn um i'm a big pete dunn fan don't really know much about travis banks but yeah. Pete getting the way. What do you do with Pete Dunn at this point? Uh, you know, I kind of think that he's one, especially because he has the obvious appeal to the NXT UK crowd. And if uh, if NXT is going to move more toward to be in the playing space that Raw and SmackDown's at, meaning Rumble, the Mania, and, and maybe some of the other pay per views, and I think Pete Dunn is certainly if they're going to do the worlds collide kind of thing with NXT and the UK and Two Hundred Five Live. I think Pete Dunn could be a big part of that. So, yeah. So, Worlds Collide—they were promoting that pretty heavily tonight. That's going to happen the night before the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we got a backstage promo with Dakota Kai talking about she had staples last week after the table bump from Mia Yim, bragged about winning the match, and goes on to say she's going to beat the rest of the women's division until she becomes champion. Man, I really hope. They just keep mixing this up. I feel like they've got so many female superstars on the NXT women's roster. That at this point, they can just give us so many different unique matches if they're not afraid to just keep changing this up. They could. And when you put NXT up against AEW, we've said it over and over. Um, that is like a, just a one clear-cut uh, victory in the side-by-side columns of, of compare comparison. That that NXT has over AEW is they just have they just have more depth of of quality women. That's not to say that the, some of the women that AEW is using, and we'll talk about that here soon. That's not to say that they're not good, but in terms of depth, in terms of just how deep can you go, NXT above and beyond. A disturbed individual chat agrees with me. Talk about Rhea Whipley all week and t- twice on Sundays. Um, yeah, and it's funny because I'm looking at this tonight, and it really feels like. This is where they stumbled a bit. It's not that the matches were bad, but man, when you open that strong and you finish this strong, I mean, to write, you can't just have nothing but peaks the entire time. There's got to be some valleys in the episode. Sure. I mean, I mean, wrestling shows have always been built on that. I mean, it's always been, you know, you don't want to be the second match on the card. Yeah. You know, first match, obviously, if you're main eventing, great. You're, you're ending the show for a reason. If you're starting the show, great. I know there's that term, curtain jerker. And sometimes in some spot shows and some shows the way they format it, maybe the first, you know, curtain jerker really kind of applies to like what TV now does is like dark match. You know, the, you know, before you watch a Raw or SmackDown, let's send a dark match or two out just for live crowd. That's curtain jerking to get the crowd warmed up and there's no real relevance to the match. Just the way you say it makes it sound like you're saying something far more risque. Uh, you're, ta- you're, you're taking it yourself there, Snowboy. Um <laughs> But no, when you're the first on TV, when you're the first match on TV, the first match on the pay-per-view, starting the show is as important as how you end it. But it's that second match. It's that cool down. It's that, okay, something that we know is not going to follow the opener. When you're the second match, you're the, or sometimes they refer to it as the popcorn match. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's just natural in a wrestling show. Everything can't be, uh, unless it's like an NXT TakeOver, unless it is a premium show where everything is supposed to be uh, at a top level. Otherwise, you're supposed to be able to come down. The roller coaster has to come down in order for you to go back up. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Curtain jerk with the blue chew. 
not tonight, Justin. Not tonight. <laughs> you know, again, you're, 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 you're the one that went there. I didn't go there. You're, you're the ones. I'm just saying, you know, like one of our fans make like a remix mashup of just Justin Labar sound drops, Curtain Jerker, Pot Committed, just all the hits. All the hits <laughs> together. Com- I'm Pot Committed to being a Curtain Jerker. Rolling, yes. rolling, rolling, did it all for the nookie. There we go. Fred Durstall. <laughs> I had someone, um, I had someone, uh, uh, messaged me and they're like, what was the podcast you were talking about where Fred Durst was a guest and it was really good. Um, our fans are the best, by the way. I love that they reach out to me on different platforms. Do you get that as well? Like I get people messaging yeah. me on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I mean, you guys are just the best, most engaged audience. Well, I mean, I get great engagements on Twitter. I, I I've I, over the years and my, uh, t- 10 years we've been doing this. I, I, I've, 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 I've been much more, uh, strict on Facebook of, of trying not to of not allowing people that I don't know necessarily on Facebook. But yeah, no, on Twitter I love getting people that randomly will drop the pot commander. I was in I was in uh I was at a, a gecko, which is a big gas station chain here in Pittsburgh the other day and some I was pumping gas and somebody randomly said, Oh pot committed. I love watching on the pot you know <laughs> it's just it's just random stuff you get, you know. It's funny. Uh speaking of the fans and the Wrestling Inc. podcast, uh, any updates on this WrestleMania? Live podcast we've been talking Nothing about. Nothing that I can get publicly, no. Nothing publicly? Oh, wow. So, people, wheels are in motion. Oh, it's going to happen. Look, it, look. It, it, main, I mean, I I never miss an opportunity to do mania festivities on the week of and do events or what have you. And I mean, again, we got Matt that's already down there. And we got, we've got this great uh, kumbaya of you, me, and Matt, and Raj, and then, you know, Nick's doing the, the daily stuff. I mean, I mean, we got to do some kind of live podcast experience. So, yeah, I mean, so if you're – if you're going to be in the Tampa area, whether you have tickets to Mania or not, if you're going to, if you can get to Tampa, Florida, make sure that you're following us as we get closer, and, and we're going to do something with the fans, some kind of live, you know, prediction talk, Q and A talk, some recording, and maybe still got to do podcasts even if we're not uh, in our wonderful studios or, or, or that's or, the part I don't know. How are we going to do the podcast? I mean, I don't really care about going to Mania live um, because because there's no way we could attend live and do the podcast. Well, I will. I mean, I, I have to. I'm going to Mania, but I, that's that's one of those logistic things we're trying to figure out. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll all be together. We we can't have us all in the same. We're going to be in the same place. We're going to do something together. It'll be fun. They, especially, they should, especially Matt. They should have a media room. I mean, no, they have a media room, but they should have. I mean, these stadiums are big. They have media facilities. They should have a place where you could stream live from backstage. Well, I mean, they 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 give they give the press the press box at these football stadiums. I don't take it because in the press box. You can't cheer, so like you, know, you can't emotionally engage, and and I can't have a drink. And if I want to sit and enjoy Mania and have a beer and cheer, <laughs> like my God-given right as a fan, I can't do that in press row. Yeah, press row is paid for, or or it doesn't cost you anything if you get press credential. But I'd rather go through my sponsors or, or just shell out the money so I can have a drink and watch Mania. Michael McFarland spotting. I am drinking Verner's ginger soda, the superior ginger ale. Ginger soda. This, I mean, this. I lived in Michigan for uh, a few years as a child, and let me tell you, Verner's. Once you drink Verner's, you can't go back to uh, the Canada Dry. Wait, what do you what do you what are you drinking there? I'm drinking the champagne of beers. Oh, the Miller High Life. Yeah. Light. Yes. Have you tried that uh, new Heineken Zero Point Zero? The non-alcoholic beer. Yes. No. It tastes I, like beer soda. I don't believe in that. There you go. Or learn new things it's about like wiping before you poop. It makes no sense. 
I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, let's talk about the NXT women's title match. Rhea okay. Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, Rhea Ripley, you bring joy to all our lives. You are so amazing and incredible in the way- ring. You're scary as hell, yet somehow you're a babyface. Um, this match tonight, I thought there were going to be shenanigans. I thought they were going to rob us of an outcome or have this go to the time limit or make it a time limit draw, or they both knock each other out or something happens. So we save this for takeover. And instead we got the fake out. We got Marina and Jessamine trying to interfere thinking, Oh, they're going to screw Rhea over this way. We got Rhea escaping the submission multiple times. We got her looking like she was going to pass out completely and then when the ref goes to grab the arm and drop the arm, her arm stiffens up. She grabs the ref, opens her eyes, springs to life. One of the coolest spots I've seen in quite some time in a wrestling match. Certainly one of the, the I think, the, the high points of this year as far as individual spots go. And Rhea Ripley ends up pulling out a win tonight and becoming the new NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, I mean, again, they put this on the main event spot. So I figured, you know, you, you got to end big. So any big would be the title change here. I mean, the people have been, I mean, uh, you know, Ripley just has the momentum. So this is the time, you know, you don't want to, you you know, I'm a big Braun Strowman fan. There's a lot of internal politics of why it it didn't happen up to this point, but I certainly felt they missed their mark before. You know, you got got the people behind you, just give it to them. So they gave it to Rhea. I agree. Um, uh, As you mentioned, I love the spot there with, with, as you said, with her and the ref, it looks like she's going to just tap out or pass out. Like I was almost angry. Like I, if she had lost tonight, I, I, w- I was going to be furious. Yeah, no, and that's great. That's what you want is, is to, you know, evoke that kind of emotion. So this was great. Uh, I mean, obviously the people react. That's a, that's a genuine reaction. I mean, I know that there can be some repeat people, repeat fans in full sale. Um, you know, so it almost, it's almost like they become like extras. It's almost like they become part of the show, which whatever, it's fine. Uh, and they obviously don't be let, fans and, and people and, and other wrestlers get in the ring and help celebrate. So there's some, there was some contrived to, you know, choreography in that whole celebration, but even still, that was still a very, the sound, I mean, that was still a very genuine overall is a very genuine reaction. People were excited for Rhea Ripley. It was the right call. Um, you never want to, because it, you never want to say, Oh, that was like when Austin didn't give up to bread and all that. I, mean, I don't want to do all that stuff, but the point being, this was a night that made Rhea Ripley. This was a night that, um, in her career, assuming that it's very long and very, you know, very successful uh, beyond tonight, this is one of those nights we're going to look back and we're going to. This was a, a, a crowning moment for her career on free TV in a venue that holds less than five hundred people. Yeah, well, but that. Well, first off, again, the free TV that, that they, they they that that's not a especially when you have a head to head competition. You're going to have True. to. You know, I, I mean, I think we can we can look back. The last time WWE had legitimate head-to-head competition with 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 Raw and Nitro, um, you know, Nitro might have done it too much, but there is an art to hey, sometimes you need things to happen there, and not always the pay-per-views. You know, Mick Foley and and and, and on WWE side Goldberg, but like, first off, it's competition, so I'm okay with having some title changes. It gives you a reason to turn tune in for NXT. Otherwise. If every time there's a title match on NXT and you go, oh, it's not going to happen, it's going to have to happen at a pay-per-view, well, you start to get smartened up to that formula and you start to watch the competition. Um, the number of people can't argue with that, and NXT is probably going to start tra- traveling to some bigger arenas in 2020. Um, that is a situation. We've talked about it before. Side-by-side, AEW in front of 
at least 5,000 people versus 500 people for NXT. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, those 500 people at Full Sail made themselves sound as loud as 500 people can when, when, when Rio won, so... It was fantastic tonight. Uh, the reaction was genuine. And, and yeah, they played me like a fiddle, man. They had her look like she was going to fight to a valiant finish and get choked out. But no, uh, this was great. I mean, I loved with the ref being out. We thought they, they threw all the fakes at us. The interference, the ref being knocked out when Rhea had the five count pin, but the ref wasn't there. Um, they seemed like they gave us every possible reason to think that she was going to get screwed out of the win tonight. And that comeback at the end, I'm going to rewatch this match. Um, this, this was phenomenal. Rhea, uh, I know it's only been in recent months that she's had this push and this rise, but this is one of the, the most well done pushes. Yeah. And I don't think, do you think it was intended from the start? Or do you think they recognized the reaction she got at survivor series and said, we have to accelerate this. It's hard to say. Uh, and I, it doesn't matter. I'm just, just glad they recognized it. whether this was a, a grandmaster plan that, you know, Triple H and Sean and Matt Bloom and everybody there saw before we saw it, or whether they just are listening to the audience, which that's a, a constant complaint about Raw SmackDown. No matter. It doesn't matter. The fact they did is what's important. Um, so as Michael you, McFarlane's pointing out, Rhea had her yes movement moment. So here's the question. When they let well, the yeah, come in the ring. And that's, and that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of, that's, that's the formula I was going to say. As you were yeah. talking about how they had all the obstacles. I was there in, in New Orleans when, when, when Brian won the title at Mania 30, and they had everything. I mean, he went through Triple H earlier that night. Then he has to go against, what, Orton and Batista. Then they had uh, the, 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 the dirty ref, and Scott Armstrong comes out, you know, yeah. and he gets it. And, and there's so many other times where you can look at the babyface wins. You know, even I mentioned Goldberg a minute ago. Goldberg beats Scott Hall. Then he has to go up against Hogan. And here comes Vincent and the other NWO members. You know, and you think, oh, they're going to find different ways to stop it. And it, it, that's the great baby face victory. It's, it's awesome. Uh, speaking of which, you know what match is severely underrated for NXT title defenses? When Bailey defended against Eva Marie and they did the ref change. They made it seem like corporate was trying to set up an Eva Marie win. There was the interference, I believe, from Nia. Like that was a fantastic match, and that they really toyed with your expectations of the babyface getting screwed. I, uh, I'm an Eva fan. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. Let's, man, that's a subject for another podcast. What's she up to these days? Uh, she's doing some great things in the fitness world and some modeling, and her and her husband are doing well. You know, compared to some of the stuff they've done recently with women's wrestling, I thought Eva Marie was actually well booked in the role that they gave her. I, I agree. Eva, Eva was Lana before Lana was Lana. Um, I would take Eva Marie back any day over the current Lana storyline. Well, I, well, I'm not going to get into that because Lana's her. I mean, Lana has her own talent in her own way. Yes. Eva, uh, Eva from, as I recall, Eva got caught up in some politics and that's mm. what it was. We'll know the complete story one day. So uh, when they do the Yes Movement style moments and they let all the fans come in the ring, how do they screen that? Do they talk to them and they're like, hey, you're not going to do anything weird, right? If we let you do this on TV, like, do you have to sign something? It's not like extras they hired. Yeah, no, I mean, there were people, uh, there were some wrestlers in there. There was uh, Ryan Katz, who's one of their producers and, and the key people behind the scenes in NXT. He was the short, white, bald guy. Uh, who at rate of the final seconds as the people carrying Rhea on their shoulders were moving towards the ropes. Ryan was kind of like clearing the way. 
so I mean, it was it was a pretty controlled, sterile environment, and and again, that's you know, so I, you know, I don't think they're signing anything necessarily, but it was a pretty controlled situation. Next thing you're going to tell me, all the results of these matches are predetermined. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing is real. Yeah. Um, so that being said, even with a bit of a low in the middle. I really loved this episode. Uh, Rhea Ripley tonight. This, this right. The WWE knows how to create moments. And this was a hell of a moment tonight. Let's talk about AEW dynamite, which by contrast was a little bit of a, not a cliffhanger, but this did not feel like a big resolution episode, right? This wasn't the big finale where we're paying off storylines. This was a lot of to be continued and setting up, uh, stuff for their New Year's episode because they're taking ne- or New Year's Day episode because they're taking next week off. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier, they had a good opening hour, but um, compared to NXT, NXT just finished stronger. Uh, it wasn't a bad episode of AEW. I, I well, we can pick apart the ending, but um, but yeah, no, you're right. It, this was a lot of like still, yeah, to be continued. Yeah. So after that, we. Uh, go to AEW coverage with the Lucha Brothers versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega coming out to start the match tonight. What did you think of this? Uh, I mean, I enjoy watching the Lucha Brothers. It was, it was a good match. Uh, if, again, side by side as I'm doing it, I'm more interested in the NXT title match because, you know, again, you got two world title matches, so you know, that, that, that grabbed me more. But from what I saw and then what I got to go back and, and watch real quick, and I'll go back again. Um, you know, a good match. You know, nothing. Certainly, a, a, certainly a good try by AEW to try to combat uh, a strong title match opening by NXT here. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like they're overdoing this too much, though? Of sort of like, okay, we know who the talent, like our big stars are. Let's find another configuration, find another way to get them in a segment together. And they seem to be doing it more with these tag matches. It feels like out of late. Well, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, I, I don't know. They're just, I mean, these are four guys that are going to feature heavily. These are four guys that have been yeah. with the company from the launch. I mean, they're just featuring them. Yeah, so the Lucha brothers won this match. It was a good match. And yeah. post yeah. post match, uh, Omega and page were still in the ring. Pack appeared on the Titan Tron. He wants Omega to follow him to the back. Pack walks into a room where Michael, Michael Nakazawa's back is towards the door. Omega runs to the back as fast as he can. And during the split screen commercial break, Omega and Paige run to the back only to get attacked by the Lucha Brothers once more. Omega gets up and tries to find Nakazawa and Pack. Paige is following him. And then the camera panned over to Darby Allen, who's set to compete uh, against the Butcher and the Blade with Cody. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm fine with Kenny being a an attack situation. I mean, I, I've been kind of critical of him on the show. But I just he's an athletic, talented guy in, inside the ropes, but I just I have a hard time defining him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't get him. So I'm fine with I'm fine with him in a tag team situation. I thought it was interesting, Nathan. Grimmon is saying, should they have Adam Page turn heel? We talked about it on this podcast, maybe a storyline with him in the Dark Order. And I thought it was very interesting that when everyone came out at the end, and we'll talk about this, that Adam yeah. Page, yeah. they were saying that commentary, where's Adam Page? I thought he was going to be revealed as a creeper. That would be a hell of a way to end the year in AEW. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny versus Cody and Darby Allen. I'm good with it. You know, I... I 
I, I like the position it puts Darby in. I like how they did it last week where Darby kind of comes and volunteers himself as a support system for Cody. Um, I was a little sketchy on the whole, you know, butcher blade bunny thing at uh, the very first week they unveiled it. Um, I don't hate it. I like, you know, I, I like the look each of the three of them have, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be an overwhelming success. That's still way too early on to, to, to declare that, but I, I don't hate it. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm open to it. It's, it, it's, it's something that, it's something I can define. It's something that stands out. They all, the, all three of them have, you know, nice distinct looks. I, I was, I said this last week, I think with, um, with uh, Blade, you know, he's, you know, he's a good looking dude. So having him under a mask when he comes out, sometimes that kind of throws me off, but I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with this and uh, yeah, whatever. I, my problem is everybody really wants to see more with Cody and MJF. And this yeah. feels like a very, <laughs> like a very weird side quest. Yes. It, it definitely feels like, okay. Cody and MJF, you're not going to have your match until here in February. MJF's going out stipulations on New Year's, so we got to fill some time for it. Yeah, it does definitely feel like a. It, they probably shouldn't. MJF and he's got Wardlow. They probably should have no connection to Bunny Blade and Butcher. Like they shouldn't all be revealed to be in some great cahoots because I don't think they hang out in the same circles in life. But it does kind of feel like that would be the only way to kind of explain. Cody's like like a little bit ADD of like who he has a problem with. I, w- I want MJF to cut a promo to explain how he met them and be like, so I was at this eyes wide shut like party. It was a rich person thing. You wouldn't understand. And I look over and I see these two guys with this yeah. smoking hot babe. Yeah. And I'm like, hey guys, you know, isn't Cody yeah. Rhodes terrible? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I want that explanation. Yeah. Uh, please, AEW, if you watch this podcast, give me that explanation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this match was okay. I like seeing Cody and Darby together. I mean, man, that's a potential bromance storyline that I think would be like a good real version of what they did with um, with Cody and MJF. I don't know. Darby and a bromance? No, I mean, not like just fawning over each other, you know, where it's just like, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. You know, not like the bromance Matt Morgan and I have. I mean, it wouldn't be anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, there's a good alliance there. And I like that um, they could yet both be independent at the same time. But I think there is, uh, could be an interesting dynamic between them. Maybe. Dar- Darby is such a unique, I like him. He's such, he's such a unique piece to see where he's going to fit in. Is, yeah. Uh, I think that kid is a potential star. I mean, if AEW, I think, was listening to the fans, I feel like that's something they've kind of ignored. In uh, Darby had that amazing match to a draw with Cody over the summer, and I just I feel like they've given him some spotlights, but they're not. This is the problem with one singles title. Like, there's nowhere for him to go right now. True, they don't have a um, mid card singles title, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, they don't, but beware what you wish for, because, yeah. you know, there was a, once upon a time, WWF had a sweet spot of a world title and, and an IC title and then tag. And that was perfect. And then, then it got a little, you know, then we started getting a European and a hardcore and then we bought WCW and now we had a US and, 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 and it, 
the, the titles have lost so much meaning. Now we have two world titles, Universal. And w. So I, I, you know, I'm okay with. I don't think we need to have titles be the destination to define define what there is for somebody to do. Well, if not a title, a meaningful storyline. I mean, we've talked about this before. Maybe it's the Darby reminds me a lot of Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, but I think like Darby could get Darby could carry. He has such a cool character. He has so much weight to him. I feel like he's someone that could be a breakout star, not only in the ring, but outside of it. There's just something about him that is so charismatic and this darkness that he has about him. There is, but one of the, one of the things I think that's going to be a strength for AEW right now is the fact they only have two hours to fill in TV each week is that they can slow burn peeling the layers back of Darby, peeling the layers back of seeing a match of Jake Hager, Wardlow, they can take their time. They can get a whole lot more months. They can get a whole lot more out of a single year of, of, of strategically revisiting characters versus trying to like say, okay, we got to have Darby feature the next five weeks and you're going to burn through a lot more material versus, you know, so I'm okay with this pace, especially when you put it side by side and you look at WWE that has seven hours between the three brands and that, that, and then that just over, over kills everything. So Doom Tribe T is saying that uh, tonight the in-ring story of Darby sacrificing his body for Cody to get the win was a nice part of the match. I mean, I think them winning was good. I just, I'm, I'm actually really, I'm amazed uh, to, to borrow a uh, just on a bar term. I'm amazed how pot committed they are to the butcher, the blade, and the bunny because I think that debut was so awkward, and they've leaned on this so heavily they've got them in matches against Cody, one of their top stars. It's always getting a prime feature. Um, I thought the, the entrance graphics tonight were a nice touch. It actually made the gimmick look a lot better than I think it has come across in recent weeks, but I'm very surprised. AEW is pot committed to uh, this trio. They have a good, I don't know. It's a good, it, it's a good variety. You got, you got a pretty girl, you got the, uh, the blade who is the best worker and the most experienced of all of them, and then you got the butcher who's got the best look of all of them. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, fairness to AEW, we saw this with the um, Dark Order. AEW commits, man. Like this isn't WWE saying, "Oh, one disastrous week," or. Oh, Emelina, that dress rehearsal was really poor. We're pulling the plug on this gimmick. Like AEW sticks with these things. Yeah, no, they, I mean they're they're. Yeah, I mean they're not going to just uh, hair trigger react to one week. I mean, Emelina was a whole other situation. I don't, I don't think she was committed from the start from that whole thing. But that's a whole other topic. But yeah, man, man, they, they just give things a chance. You can't just. You know, let let it develop. You know, if you and that 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 and that's an easy mind, an easier mindset to have, if you actually have things planned out. Like you know, Jericho's even said he kind of knows what his booking is going to be between now and like February, March. You know, and so if they kind of know what they want to do with the butcher and the blade and bunny between now and March, they, you know, kind of helps you not get so panicked over one week of critical critical comments on social media. It's like, all right, let's, let's let it play out. They're going to, they're, they're going to buy into it eventually versus if you are just going week to week or in WWE's case, Vince has changed his mind and, and makes you go, well, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. No, I think that it was, uh, I, you know, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient and see where it continues to go. I'm warming a little to it each week, but yeah, I really want more with MJF. 
and Cody. Uh, awesome Kong got a match tonight. Her first match on free TV. Which I missed. Uh, she beat up local talent. Uh, we had the Nightmare Collective. She was out there with Brandy. Um, and oh, why am I forgetting the other female's name? Oh, the one, I, just shaved, oh. the one that just shaved the head. Yes. See, I missed, uh, I missed that then. I saw after Chris uh, beat Britt Baker, I saw Brandy and company come out after that. But I missed Kong's match. Yeah. Well, uh, they collected more hair. I hope they make like an awesome weave out of this hair. Well, she's keeping it on the belt, on the belt. Yeah. Like Does it. she get make like like a uh, like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? This should be like the hair extensions of many colors. I don't get that reference at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know? Okay, well, you know Joseph and the Dreamcoat from the Bible, right? No. Justin Labar needs to get <laughs> some religion. Take him to church, everybody. I've gone to church for two reasons in the past 25 years for a uh, wedding or a funeral. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, it's your prerogative. Nice. Get some God in your life, please. Uh, <laughs> I say this as I'm like like a borderline atheist Jew. Here, tell the evangelist from in the snow globe. It's kind of a more philosophical culture. I mean, I don't view the Jewish homeland as Israel. I view it as perhaps New York City is like the Jewish homeland. It's much more cultural. You're, 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 you're shilling religion and, and blue chew at the same time. <laughs> Where, where's some church money to do some plugs on the podcast? Hey, everybody, this episode's brought to you by church. Anyhow, this is what, this is what happens, Raj. This is what happens, Raj. Um, Chris Jericho with Jake Hager versus Jungle Boy with the Jurassic Express. Good build up here, right? Set up Jungle Boy is not going to last 10 minutes. We got a nice montage talking about Jungle Boy or Jungle Jack Perry mm -hmm. as JR. I mean, is it a rebrand? It, it's a dual personality. I don't know. Um, they built this up heavily. His uh, family was in the audience. We're talking about his late great father, Luke Perry, uh, in the interview. And uh, really building this up is a great showcase for him where he did indeed uh, go to the match and lasted 10 minutes against Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this, there's a lot of positive to take away here. I mean, he, what a great, he's, I mean, he already had some momentum, but this really cemented just a great babyface story here uh, for Jungle Boy, you know, uh, Jericho doing what Jericho does. Um, you know, we got a little tease, a little quick interaction between Hager and uh, Luchasaurus. That's 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 a money match you can eventually get to. And you again talk about not having to burn things too quickly. You got plenty of time to <clears throat> explore into that. Um, my own uh, overall, this is this was well done. Overall, you know, Jungle Boy lasts ten minutes, and then Jericho asks Jericho is so sure that he has him, he asks for five more minutes, and then as soon as he realizes Jungle Boy's got. A new life to him. He walks out, uh, completely avoids. Says to Tony Schiavone, "I never said that. You know, I beat him. You know, I never. You know, the ten minute thing. Whatever. That doesn't mean anything. Overall, that stuff's good. Um, my two critiques, being a little more nitpicky. One is, you know, Jericho had him in the walls of Jericho for like ninety seconds, and Jungle Boy hung on. I thought that was a bit too long. Yeah. I know. I know. We're trying to make this kid." But like, 
Triple uh, H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, people that Jericho's had in the, I, they wouldn't have lasted ninety seconds. Really, I, so, I, so I don't know if it was a mistimed thing or it was just being really friendly to, to Jungle Boy. I, I think like thirty seconds would have been fine. I, I was a little nitpicky that ninety seconds went on that they. I don't know. That's I one. too thought that 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 was. Uh, in fact, yeah. I was going to ask. I'm sure our wonderful audience can uh, research this. What is the longest somebody has ever lasted continuously in Jericho's uh, submission move? Uh, especially when he did the wall. Especially when he did, he did the the kind of the more traditional Boston Crab, and then Jungle Boys crawl into the rope, and then Jericho pulls him back in the middle, and then Jericho does that old fashioned wall to Jericho where he drops to a knee and, and just really you know has the guy resting on his neck. I thought for sure when he when he cinched it in that way, Jungle Boy would tap out with like five seconds left. And that he survived. I mean, again, it, it, you know, it was a feel-good heroic thing. I just thought, not, I don't know, I just thought it was a little bit too long. The other critique um, that I have, they kept showing Jungle Boy's family, and like the kids getting like beat. I mean, he's you know, he's he's hanging on. He's not giving up. So there's that heroic feel-good thing to him. But he's still getting his ass kicked here. He's still getting like tortured in a submission move by the champ, and they never once had like a real look of concern. They're constantly just like cheering and happy to see him on TV in a featured match against the champion. It was kind of like, hey guys, like, does anybody need to like give you like the cue cards and the and the thing to say like, help us sell the emotion here? Give us give us the Britt Baker, you know, give us some concern. I was a little bit, uh, you know, again, I'm I'm being a little nitpicky on these two things. Overall, it was a it was it was a successful segment and match, but just my two critiques. Uh I have to show this because I think this 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 is to coin uh, Matt Morgan's favorite uh, adjective. This is adorable. What is this? Rear Ripley and Triple H backstage. Look at that! Look at Triple H with his tongue out. Yeah, it's nice. A little different. A little different. Anyhow, um, so Jungle Boy tonight, good for him. But yeah, I'm trying to think. Do you think this is almost them now that Judas Effect? is such a big, like that's Jericho's AEW finisher, right? They had to so big. Do you think this is maybe, maybe a chance to retire the walls of Jericho? He always talks about, it. he doesn't want to stick with the same thing. Yeah. I mean, he's always been good about reinventing, you know, he had the lion salt and he had the lion tamer slash walls of Jericho. And then he had the, he came back the one time he had the code breaker. Yeah. I mean, I could see him certainly trying to uh, yeah, move on. Yeah. I mean, and credit to him if that's, uh, if that was intentional for that reason. I don't know why. I like that he wears the, uh, the, uh, what is the, 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 the weight belt, the lifting belt. Yeah. Like champion. Wow. Nice touch. Looks, look, it just fits the, fits the persona. Absolutely. Uh, so this was a good match tonight. And I think it's, it's funny looking at, it. I know you thought the whole first hour, but it, to me, it was like almost, uh, an inverted curve where with NXT, you could watch the first and last match switch to AEW in the middle and get like like get an amazing two hours of wrestling if that was your trajectory tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could a la carte fill it all into yourself. Um, and I think it was intentional. I mean, this is we've seen, right? We've seen photos from backstage. They're watching each other's feeds, but they had to do the math, especially when it was announced that Finn versus Adam was going to open NXT. That's, you know it just made sense the way that they structured tonight's show. I mean, it was almost, if not intentional, it was a fantastic coincidence. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we have to remember they, they might have they have video feeds seeing each other, but like for production purposes of graphics and music and light everything. I mean, like they're it's not like they're all just sitting back there saying, "Oh, NXT just sent these guys out. All right, let's send these guys." I mean, it's not that you know, it's not that on the fly. I mean, they're they're going into it with a a rundown of of okay, we're doing you know they've they've settled upon it a few hours before they're going on it, so it's not as uh, it's not again, it's not like it's not like all the rosters just sitting there waiting for Tony Khan to say, "Okay, now you go." You know, or, wouldn't or that be an amazing night of TV if it was just right. them reacting to one another? Right, or a Triple H is like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey uh, 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 somebody called, uh, somebody get Kashida out here. We're gonna see you guys get out there right now." You know? <laughs> and like, oh, oh, Jericho's over. Okay, finish the match. Finish the match. We gotta go to the next one. Gotta get him during the commercial break. Right, right. Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris, Stat- Chris Statlander. I had the uh, brain hiccup today of. Uh, my wife asking DMD, which one's that again? And I said, the mouth doctor. I believe it's doctor of medical dentistry or something. Uh, anyhow, I was shocked. Chris Statlander won this match. What, what's going on with Brit, man? Like, so this was the number one contender championship. I get that Chris probably isn't going to be Riho next week, but. Look, you're you're you you stand Britt Baker. Has she, has she cleaned your teeth before? Is she your dentist? I feel like uh, it's only fitting at this point. But um, what are they waiting for with her? How long are they waiting with her? Um, it, my, my honest assessment of what happened. First off, I wasn't mad about it. I, I'm I, I I think Chris Statlander's got a lot of talent. I'm kind of glad they signed her just recently. Um, I have to I have to watch how I phrase this. <laughs> I think that she has. I, I like her. I like her appearance. Um, you know the alien thing. Okay, whatever. So she has a little, at least something you can define to her. A little, little gimmicky. But I, I like her size. That does not mean size. Like she's Nia Jax, and she's supposed to be a big dominant. Or, or, I, I like. She's just very athletically built. She's. She just has a bigger athletic build than the average uh, than, than most other girls. I just. I think it's good. It just. It just. It just looks. Very, um, it just looks very marketable, is what I'm trying to get at. And she's not fat or whatever, I just have to preface all that. I do because if I don't, then um, here's my thing I think she's, I think she's really good. I, I think, I, I think it's this. I don't know, I don't think her winning to become the number one contender means that she's gonna be champion here in a couple weeks. I don't think that. I think what means is, I think what this meant is, uh, Britt is somebody who they've had investment in from, from day one. They, 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 she was, you know, obviously one of the first people they announced they had even signed when they uh, rolled out this company. I think they know. And and, and, maybe, and if you even ask Britt, you know, I, I think I think they know whenever they put Britt in the position to where she's the main challenger who they're going to build for weeks in to be the main challenger, the one-on-one, here's the match of her, kind of like the Rhea Ripley situation. I think they know. They don't want to put her in that situation until they're ready for her to be that champion and to run with it. That day will come. I don't think it's now. I, I think it's a lot of fat. I think whether it's, you know, I mean, she's, she's, I mean, you know, Britt is, she's had, you know, a couple years under her belt, but she's constantly getting better. She's constantly um, learning as all young talent do being on live TV, um, constantly developing the persona, everything. I just think that, um, you know, and, 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 you know, Britt is a, there's a lot of good things about Britt. I just think that if you make her number one contender now, if she goes forward and loses, Okay, well then what? Now it's kind of like okay, back to the end of the line. You don't want that. 
Um, also, I don't know if, if, if they're ready for her to be. I, I think they're just basically saving. I think they're just waiting until it's that right time, that right big moment, whatever maybe their mania is, whatever their big pivotal show is. I think they're waiting just for that perfect feel-good moment, and just not right now. So Chris Statlander winning, uh, again, I don't think that she's necessarily going to be the next champion. Maybe she is, but I just think it's just it's more of a just waiting for the right time for Britt. And now for the time. And I think Chris is great. I mean, it's not. I do, yeah, I enjoy her. I do. It's not a commentary against Chris. It's more just with Britt. I feel like it, they're booking, and she's not. Um, she's not like a Kenny Omega. She's not someone where it's like, oh, she's a top star, so we have to keep featuring her on TV because she's well known. Like she was. Uh, her and Adam Page seemed like the original two. They were really going to invest in building, and it's actually interesting now to look how that hasn't really worked out with either of them yet to live up to how they thought it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look, Britt, Britt had won up into this match. She'd won, I think, what, three or the four of her last singles matches, and she'd won, like, I think her record was, like, seven and three overall, seven and four. I mean, so she's not, you know, she's been kept afloat, kept above 500, essentially, to still, you know, be credible. I just think now is not the time yet for her to be carrying the flag for the women's division outright. Um, I think they're waiting and they want to get her right to that perfect p- time. And it's just not there yet. So, well, it's, and, 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 and she's came a long way. I mean, I, you know, again, she's, you know, she trained here with us. I remember being at her first match in white Oak, Pennsylvania in front of, uh, 150 people. Um, she, she's, she, she, she continues to grow and she is a, uh, she, she holds, she puts a lot of pressure on herself. She's, she's constantly pushing herself and she, I mean, she's constantly getting better. I just think they want to make sure when they, they pull the trigger that she is at the best spot she could be. And I think she's still just working to that spot. How many more star casts until Conrad starts selling dental checkups from Britt Baker? At well, I, well, I don't know because the next, um, AEW pay-per-view is in February and they're not gonna have a star cast. It's actually linked up to the C2E, Oh, that's right. In Chicago. So, so, so that's going to be the first big AEW show with no star cast attached to it. Very interesting. Uh, Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard backstage. They need to find a guy who could be molded and can work well with Spears and Blanchard. And they're going to keep looking for the right guy. Who do you think? It's hard to say because like, you don't know if it's somebody they've already announced they've signed or they're still obviously acquiring talent. That's hard to say. Oh, and uh, Brandy did invite Chris Statlander to join the Nightmare Collective. How Which I, I, I like this whole Brandy Kong thing. I like and it. then Brandy gouged her with her high heel in the eye. That looked very painful. Yeah. So, the main event tonight. SEU. The Tag Team Champions versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Yeah, I mean, good match. You know, you're not going to find a Bucks match that's bad. A good match. I mean, I guess let's just jump to the to the to the big thing, which is the ending. Um, it's SCU and the Bucks standing together, and here comes the the Creepers, and then the lights go out, and here comes uh, Evil Uno and the other guy. <laughs> and uh, we had Page Omega, Cody, Dustin Rhodes coming down to stop the fight. Jr. in commentary saying, "Where's Adam Page?" Or no, yeah, we, Adam Page wasn't there. Uh, but they were asking where he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, man. this, you know, look, I, we, we had all been kind of praising the Dark Order video vignettes, right? The whole recruitment yeah. stuff. That stuff was it was good. It was done well. This just didn't resonate with me. This was kind of like. 
you know, when you see a great action or sci-fi movie and it's got all the special effects and it's, it's, it's done with green screens and all this stuff, when you see the final product and you see it in the big IMAX theater, it's great. That's kind of like what the produced, well-produced vignettes of the Dark Order were. Really got me into it. And then you show me all the behind the scenes of, of here's the actor saying the dialogue and doing the actions with their CGI suits on in front of a green screen. And I don't hear the score of the music and I don't see all the blazing fire behind them. And I, it, that, that's kind of what this felt like tonight. It felt like I love seeing the Dark Order in the produced vignette situation. When I have to see them live, when the smoke and mirrors tricks are far less, I was just kind of like, this just looks hokey. It just it kind of, I don't know, it just just looked hokey to me. I thought it was their best in-ring appearance. Really? Compared to, remember when Evil Uno didn't wear a shirt? <laughs> yeah. But even tonight, he looks like a guy, who, he looks like a he looks like a real estate agent that's wearing a lucha mask. I'm just <laughs> saying, Justin, I know I'm a little huskier than you are, but uh, when's the last time you were shirtless in public? the beach this past summer there you go you don't wear a t-shirt in a swimming pool you're not one of those guys i'm not oh, i mean i'm not i'm not like i'm not in impeccable shape you've but, got, but you've got positive body image and self-confidence and i like that about you <laughs> uh, <laughs> i gotta get back in the ddp yoga I've, I've gone back to being a t-shirt in the pool guy like it's just it's just bad and evil uno i think covered up looks much better i thought tonight that uh for in ring it wasn't great but i did i did kind of like that i like that they're again they're so pot committed to this this is how they're ending their show because they're not on next week with this attack but man that adam page reveal if that would have been the reveal tonight at the end that i'm not saying it would have been better than nxt tonight but that would have been a pretty darn cool way to end the the year on aw tv join the dark order merry christmas yeah right they love their dark stuff. We got Nightmare Collective. We got the Bunny, the Butcher, the Blade. We've got the Dark Order, like AEW. It's just, uh, it's, 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 it's dark. Why do you think they call it AEW Dark? All right, now you're reaching. <laughs> now, and now I'll start. I, you're in California time. It's really late here. Now we're starting to be like, we need to start rapping. We need to start getting towards. We, the yeah, we start, start starting rapping. to get loopy. And Absolutely. I'm the one, and I'm the one drinking the beer, and you're the one getting loopy here. Ginger ale, man. Ginger ale. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> both shows were good tonight, but NXT, yeah. I, I feel that NXT just with the with the moment and the big ending, I feel like, and that's what AEW was lacking to me. There was not a like, big surprise, big thing to send people off on talking about. I, I think everyone's talking about Rhea right now. No one is talking about AEW tonight. I agree. I think uh, yeah, NXT ended better. Um, it'll be close, but I could see NXT getting a slight edge in the viewership. I, I mean, I would be shocked if NXT doesn't win. It might not be a big win, but I have a feeling this is going to be a win sure. this week. Uh, see, JJ saying you were rambling the whole time, Justin. It's not just me. I was rambling rabbit, eh? Yes. So we've got SmackDown on Friday. Uh, what other news stories do we want to hit quickly before we uh, wrap this up on this Wednesday night? Well, we'll talk about viewership here real quick. Um, some bad news in the world of WWE. Uh, so Monday, the post-TLC pay-per-view edition. Once again, I feel like this is just becoming a common thing we say. <laughs> Another, it was a third lowest, third lowest third hour viewership of all time, including holiday episodes. Overall, it was a bad one. It was a, the show drew an average of 2.053 million 
viewers that uh, this is down four and a half percent from the week prior with 2.150 um yeah i mean just uh you know just again usually coming off pay-per-views those are, those are you know uh, weeks that they tend to do better numbers but not the case uh, we're all just um you know and mind you this is exactly a year removed from this time la- this time last year in december was when all the mcmahons gathered in the ring did away with authority figures and said, we hear you, you want change, we're going to give it to you. Well, uh, we're getting some some of the lowest rated Raws ever. Uh, and if you want to go even bigger picture, I tweeted this earlier, at Justin Labar. You know, we're ending the decade here, and 10 years ago, as we ended 09, they announced Red Hearts coming back to TV for the first time live in 13 years or whatever it had been, and he showed up on the first Raw of 2010. That Raw did 5.6 million viewers and wow. now they're struggling right now here 10 years later to do 2 million and, and the roster the depth and the quality roster is far and beyond better today than it was 10 years ago the things they're doing with the women much better the, the depth of what they have uh, the roster is much better it, but the presentation and I think the 3 hours every Monday has to change and TV 10 years ago there was no streaming yes that's all valid but 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 uh, Three million people, three and a half million people did not just disappear because of, you know, because of that, because of the consumption is different, is is evolved, but it still recognizes WWE is, there's, there's, there's things that need to be done. In fact, so. did you know Netflix didn't even launch their first streaming series until 2012? Uh, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, there, there was still DVDs in the mail in 2010, right? Yeah, well, they, you could stream TV online, but there was no originals. It was still like Hulu early days. I'm just saying 10 years ago was a drastically different landscape. We are in peak television right now. There is so much to watch. Uh, in fact, there was a new episode of The Mandalorian tonight, which I'm going to watch right after we get done here. Uh, yeah, I think that there's just so many more options and YouTube, social media, WWE does very good. I mean, after, you know, the tout debacle, I think they finally figured out how to use social media successfully. So much so is that to their own detriment because you don't need to watch TV anymore. Well, and the reality of it too is, you know, they could have an audience as low as it is weekly, but they're still making more money than ever because they've managed to monetize their assets through the WWE network, through deals with Saudi Arabia. I mean, so they're, that's why it's like, yeah, their viewership might be one of the one of the lower points, but they're making more money than ever, and so it's like, <laughs> you know, people that get panicked thinking, "Oh, they're going to shut the doors tomorrow." No, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. So, uh, sticking real quick with the trend of low viewership, uh, WWE backstage the Tuesday night show on FS1. Uh, this past Tuesday drew ninety five thousand viewers. This is the second worst. Since the show launched a few weeks ago, uh, obviously it launched and it was at forty nine thousand. I believe it's a premiere week. Um, yeah, it got up and it got up in the couple hundreds of thousands, but has dropped back down to ninety five thousand. Uh, it should be noted, CM Punk was not on this past week. It was um, uh, Renee Young, Booker T, Christian, and Ember Moon. So, which not is good. Mo- yeah, I mean, not the most star studded panel in that sense. And, and and again, they're coming off of a a, a lower viewer raw even you know i guess the pay-per-view whatever i mean so not a lot of buzz around some wwe programming and again i say this tuesday night at 11 o'clock when you have no other wrestling on tuesday night that's a tough get i think eventually in 2020 fox will move smackdown back to tuesday night and when they do that'll help WWE backstage having a lead-in 
But right now, independently by itself, Tuesday at 11 p.m., this is that's a, that's a tough tough spot. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah, and the last one, real quick, uh, Jimmy Uso. He was in uh, oh, yeah. court today, um, stemming to his uh, DUI charge from uh, back in the summertime, back in July, and he was found not guilty. Um, this and they did have some dash cam footage of him swerving and of the whole uh, the whole arrest and, and such. But at the end of the day, the jury, after deliberating, um, found him not guilty. So. Good news for him. Never mind. Just hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's personally doing okay and, and yeah, in a good hopefully. place. So very interesting. Uh, there you have it, folks. That's the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We're going to be back here on Friday night to talk about SmackDown Live. Matt Morgan should be back Friday. Uh, I sent Matt a Christmas present. I'm wondering if he's going to get it in time. What did you send? Uh, we were talking. Well, I don't want to spoil, but we were talking the other night on a podcast uh, about a product, and he was like, "Oh, you should send me one of those." And I was like, "You want me to, like buy and send you something?" I was like, "Okay, fine. Check your mail." I'm gonna prove I'm the bigger man. I'm really interested now. Well, what you sent him? It's it's not anything exciting. I think he'll like it though. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it Friday night. How's that for a tease? To stay tuned. So wait, uh, if, 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 if Blue Chew was a sponsor, our live podcast in Tampa, is somebody go it, down this road? Is somebody required to take Blue Chew live on the stage? <sighs> you know, may get your own pills. I'm not sharing mine with you. <laughs> yeah, gotta get your own Labar. Um, anyhow, he's at Justin Labar. You can follow him on social media. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. You can give me a follow there. And uh, we'll catch you back here Friday night for the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone. Pot committed. Pot committed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.